All right. Welcome to Truth and Fiction. You're here today with Josiah. And Steve is here this morning. And we're uh, looking at a Christmas movie. Hopefully this episode ought to come out around Christmas. And this is one of my my favorites. My Probably is my wife's favorite. Yeah, I think and, that my wife's favorite too. She was so excited when I told her we were going to be talking about this. <laughs> so she's like, well, I'll watch that one with you. I love that movie. There you go. And I hadn't seen it until probably a year or two ago. Oh, yeah? Yep. It's a good one. It's mm-hmm. a Love Actually and uh, we don't. Uh, we've been starting now with a little bit of a plot, plot summary, but the, the plot isn't particularly relevant in this. Other than that, it's just a number of love stories that play out, somewhat interwoven people yeah. in each other's lives and out. Um, but it's set up as a little bit of a frame, and you start out with these um, in an airport. It starts out with this, these videos of presumably real people in an airport. Is what it seems like. It doesn't look particularly staged. Right. It looks. It looks like actual footage to me. Yeah, and you know whether it is or not, it, I think it conv- conveys the same same core meaning, um, and of course the narration over the top of it also is makes it even more clear. But just that love, love is all around, <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. if there's anything that's meant to be taken away from this, that's probably it's a good introduction to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes people kind of tease the idea of this feel-good kind of thing, touchy-feely. But it is a beautiful thing to watch these people arriving and, and the, the montage in the beginning, and it's repeated at the end of these arrivals at the airport. People have been presumably gone for a long time. And the embracing and the holding on and the um, this, the, the pure joy from husbands, wives, friends, uh, children to parents and stuff. It's, it's, it's really a nice shot of humanity that we sometimes just forget we get focused on some of the negativity and how the difficult and dark things in the world we forget that love is actually all around us and if we look for it we can see it and it's a it's a beautiful thing but you also mentioned too that you liked the idea of the airport because there is a sense of bittersweetness to it did you want to expand on that maybe oh yeah it's just that's the thing the hellos and goodbyes it's mm-hmm. it, there's a that you know cliche you never know what you got until it's gone uh, it, it's not, never more poignant than at an airport when you've either been missing someone for some length of time and you've just that anticipation builds and that excitement and then you finally get to see them and it's euphoric. Oh, but also the the painful anticipation of losing someone. You know, it's the, the sweet sorrow of goodbyes. Uh, they're both such profound feelings that are only only there because of love and attachment right, and, right. and some of these themes. And then they they're it's it's if you have a venn diagram that the airport is where they overlap very obviously that's right that's right but i think that is the nature of love and that's the nature of love as we know it and that's the way it's the nature of love as it is explored in multiple pieces of literature and yep. film throughout time yeah <laughs> uh it's a it is a it is a bittersweet thing it can be beautiful and it can be painful uh the young boy who speaks of the, the <laughs> he says oh i'm so glad i was worried about you and he yeah. says i'm in love and i was worried about you and now it's no big deal and he says what do you, like, oh the agony of love is no big deal you know and <laughs> right what could possibly be worse <laughs> what could possibly be worse than the agony of love and right. if you've lived long enough oh. you uh have probably experienced that one and there is no agony like the agony of love without a doubt <laughs> i like also that there's kind of a neat analogy there too just that the love that transcends 
you know, it transcends distances. And in some sense, there's all these different love stories that play out over the course of the movie, but we're all kind of in the same boat in that way. You know, in the airport, they all actually kind of show up together. Yeah. But, you know, in real life, we're, we are, we're, we're, you know, millions of love stories playing out day in and day out. And it's very often one of the most compelling parts of our lives. Like it's the, mm-hmm. it's the thing that keeps people going through the hard times. It's, it's the thing that keeps, you know, dads going to work, supporting their families and moms and whoever else. But it's like, it's, it's just this profound background driving force that's so easy to overlook. It is. It is. It's interesting how it does get overlooked, isn't, isn't it? And, it kind of and overshadowed, you know yeah. what I mean, but with other things. And it's like, no, wait, that's the core of our existence, you know? Right. I mean, really, not to put too fine a point on it, but isn't that, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm not sure what else is more meaningful. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we thought what we would do is sort of look at the different stories and the sort of type or kind of love that's explored through the particular stories rather than do a plot summary of each of these stories. So we'll, uh, we'll start with the one that is uh, the, the, the first story that we get, which is an aging rocker mm-hmm. in his 50s who's you know, in decline and his, uh, his hapless manager, Joe. Uh, the rocker's name is Billy Mack. And... Um, and he is attempting to redo one of his songs to make it into a Christmas song. He knows it's just a money grab and it's 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 poor art. Um, right. But he just he's all in, and he's gonna just uh, really work his butt off to try to you know make this thing come alive. So as much as he detests his product, right. he sells that product <laughs> like with, he knows with, just, with reckless he's abandon, descending to lo- to depths of, of depravity here right. as he's like hawking this, yes. this you know, rehashed, rehashed song. sort of terrible song. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. So I was thinking about, it hit me this on this viewing that, uh, you know, he keeps swapping the term Christmas for love and he right. knows he's making the song worse by doing it. Yeah. Um, and, and the, there's a little bit of commentary there about the holiday and and what actually matters about it it's Mm -hmm. it's it's about the love that we share not about christmas as as an institution or as right right yeah you can forget about you know gift giving or anything (laughs) like that it's it's really big christmas being the idea that people that's when people come together that's when that when you gather with loved ones whatever Mm -hmm. that might mean is that friends is that family is that co-workers you know what i mean it's it's uh that's so it's a nice metaphor well, what about the love between those characters? Because it is an it is the an interesting kind of love between Billy Mac and his manager. Uh, what do you think about that? Oh, it, I, it cracks me up. That whole storyline <laughs> is just so funny. Uh, it it reminds me of of the uh, the love I ended up sharing with like my uh, my wrestling team mates, mm-hmm. where you just you end up you struggle hard enough together for long enough. And even though we were just such dramatically different people, mm-hmm. like it was such a hodgepodge of various cliques and friend groups. And I, I don't think I my friend group really overlapped with anyone on those teams. Mm-hmm. But but by the end of you know struggling hard together for four years, you really have a tight bond. And I could imagine how you know, this rocker at the end of his career, after struggling for years and years, you know, making money with this manager, uh, that and their their honest but somewhat combative relationship. Yes, yes. <laughs> that they would eventually come together in in a way that they would. It's beautiful to see that he recognizes this bond that was forged. Yes, despite despite it all and with no real intention. You know, right? You almost don't notice it as it's being made. It's so true. And I, their love is one of is 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 one of friendship and strong strong friendship. And that's a that's a huge kind of love. Yeah. You know, that's a that's a. 
a one that many of us can relate to and think about like a friend that we have or someone in our life or someone that we've you know sp- spent some time with that and, and like Josiah said the idea of the struggle and the idea of that love is not always you know their their relationship is not one that's always you know smiles and hugs and laughter <laughs> i mean there's a, there's a lot of uh you know there's a lot of mockery and there's a lot of disdain and there's a lot of frustration and all of those things are very common to love and friendship right um but at the end of the day, um, they're stronger and better together. You know, that's that they've they've basically impacted one another in a way that's that's beautiful, and yeah. that, that, that they've given their best to the other person. And, and it's, it's worth lovely. giving up something for that connections that you've made. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, the his willingness to leave Elton John's party there at the end yes. to come back and see him is like, that's seen as it's almost a redeeming action for, for this yeah, yeah. scumbag. <laughs> hey, yeah. He is kind of a, yeah, that is, that's a great, that is a, a an, that's a profound moment when he it decides is. to come back to him and say, listen, I want to tell you now on Christmas, what you mean to me. Right. This in, is the rocker who's in his uh, own <laughs> backhanded way. I suppose. Own, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that, uh, that's a nice exploration of, of one kind of love and mm-hmm. commitment, uh, to another person. We thought maybe we could explore the other one. Of the, I guess we could call him one of the main characters. His story gets a lot. I mean, I don't. I haven't really done the screen time uh, yeah, amount. To, yeah, to uh, thing. But this one seems like it's it's pretty big, and that's the Hugh. What's his name? Hugh Grant character, the prime minister, and his uh, Natalie and Natalie. Yes, who's you know often not treated very well by her family and no. other people in the office but they uh dog on her yeah they do uh, <laughs> she's a little bit raw you know she cusses a bit more and yeah. she probably would be polite mm-hmm. yeah so we set up we get what we set up here in this relationship or in this love story is one that's age old in literature and that is this idea of, of class so mm-hmm. hugh hugh jack oh, hugh jackman <laughs> hugh grant as the prime minister is, is is basically at the top here of the food chain and we have natalie sort of rough around the edges from the you know what's the word she uses the scrunchy side of town or yeah, dingy right. side of town or something dodgy like. dodgy, dodgy there you go dodgy end of the town um and but love transcends that he sees something in her um that is, you know what, this is who I am, and I'm going to just be, this is me. No, it's a very it. love and at first sight kind of moment. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, you know, at the time, you know, the, the way they play it is the prime ministers, you know, England's been sort of bullied around by, especially by America, yeah. and sort of, you know. And he, I think, learns from Natalie, you know, about, hey, just be who you, and this is how you feel, just put it out there you know yeah and it's it, funny how his little little bit of jealous jealousy that got fired up in that moment mm-hmm. inspires him to uh to make cut a hard line in the sand yeah, against yeah. the against the president of the united states stands up to which, the president of the US. Know, none of the other politicians would have recommended but turns out to be the right move you right, know and this whole right. country praises him for it and, yeah and that was inspired by you know yeah. the direct action of him sort of you know the president trying to move in on natalie in some sort of creepy way right uh, but also i think by Natalie's, you know, just hey, this is a she's she's out there. I'm this is this is how I'm gonna be. He's so you know, politicians in general, right, are just what's the right thing to do at the right time and when is the timing right? And he even says that, I could think in the beginning, like, well, we're gonna have to, you know, 
play things strategically and stuff like that. Well, love doesn't work strategically, you know. Yeah, what I mean? not always. Not, yeah. Not. So love is just these kind of moments of like that moment uh, when he decides that Britain is going to stand up to the U.S. and we're not going to, you know, not going to be bullied. We're not going to be, be bullied anymore. I think is uh, is inspired by Natalie. Yeah, that's true. And um, <laughs> it's funny. Everyone's always making they make fun of her how she looks and her 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 calling her fat and chubby and even her dad does. It's terrible. <laughs> like, it's terrible. <laughs> it's so, uh, hey, Chubbs. Yeah, when he goes to her house, right? Well, <laughs> it's just 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 awful. But I but I love that when when the prime minister's sister runs into him there at the school at the very end, mm-hmm. he, she she turns to Natalie and warns her, "Careful, he doesn't try and make a move on you." Twenty years ago, you'd be exactly his type. <laughs> like his sister knows him well, right? Despite right. that, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and so she has no <laughs> does does makes no mention um, of the appearances there, but knows that hey, people are into what they're into. <laughs> <laughs> So that one is, uh, I mean, I guess we could call it fairly traditional. I mean, the, their their love is a, is a powerful one. It mm-hmm. seems like it's uh, you're cheering for them, um, but it does show that love does transcend class. And yeah, and the the struggle that I see with the prime minister is that that desire to avoid impropriety. So mm-hmm. there's there's a part of him that knows. Uh, he should appear sort of above reproach. He should appear proper and um, obviously having a relate any sort of sexual relationship with one of his aides there, you start to have ethical issues with that. Um, and, and he kind of try and half tries to fire her. Uh, and I think he does end up getting her removed from yeah, the, he does from her position mm-hmm. for, for the time being and just to, I think for him to avoid his own temptation, knowing where, what he wanted. Right. Um, which was a, a admirable move. Yeah, you know. it was, but he can't shake her, right? No, yeah. no. And, <laughs> and the reality is he realizes through that move with the president that sometimes the most uh, polite or proper thing to do isn't necessarily the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, so he makes one risky decision and it works out well and so maybe that helps him be bold again that boldness is something that we'll talk about because you mentioned earlier we'll talk about how uh and this has come up in many of the things we've talked about that the people who are going for what they want and who are bold in their approach and not passive passivity rarely works in in film and literature and life uh is is where we're going so that boldness and that not that that refusing to be walked on as a country by the u.s yeah fortune uh, favors the bold they there say. we go i love yeah. that that's so true i don't know who says that but someone does yeah well it makes perfect sense <laughs> yeah so um let's look at another story that's uh told through there and that would be let's look at the one that is the 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 husband and wife in their you know mid-40s with their two young children in school um, that's Harry and Karen. That's the Alan Rickman character and Emma Thompson character. Mm-hmm. They seem to have a pretty nice life, uh, upper middle class kind of uh, uh, life going on there. But there's a little bit of a, a I don't want to say a wrench, but there's a woman named Mia who is the somewhat like the secretary because she calls Alan Rickman boss all the time. My mm-hmm. boss, my boss. Um, that begins to sort of invade this love that Harry and Karen seem to have for each other. Well, this this traditional husband and wife kind of love yeah. but there's this mia who sort of gets into that what do you think about their story and what kind of love is going on there well i, I don't think there's um 
there's not really any excuses made for her, <laughs> which I'm thankful for. Right. You know, like the, of all the love stories to tell that, I mean, there's a, there's a number of love stories. There's, there's many that aren't told here. I mean, so this is perhaps not as woke as something if it had been made, you know, in the 2015s or newer, you know, there's no particularly strong gay character or any of the variety of combinations that you could make. But, mm-hmm. um, but I appreciate that the filmmaker didn't, try to excuse her behavior in any way Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. what Mia does in this situation, in fact, they they dress her up in a little devil's costume at the Christmas party. (laughs) This is no Halloween party. It's a Christmas party. And and so they don't portray her as any, as, as doing the right thing in any, in any way, shape or form. And I think that's fair. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were talking earlier about how, Yes, she's bold because mm-hmm. she absolutely says what she wants and makes no mistake that she wants to be right. with with uh, with Harry. But there are boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about that. That there's, you know, love has boundaries, and you are. It's it's not right to break up another uh, marriage. And we see that in another story that's going on, right? right. That someone realizes, no, this isn't going to work. Enough of that is mm-hmm. basically what he comes up with. But we'll talk about that one next, maybe. Um, but this idea that Mia. You know, her actions are wrong. And if you think of the story that is a, you know, when we, if you go through the list of characters, you basically smile at all of their endings because they're all relatively happy endings. Right. Except for Mia, who we find alone uh, on her in her house on, well, Chris, on Christmas. And and Rickman and uh, Rickman and his wife, like the, the two of them have a have a bitter, a bitter sweet ending. I mean, like their mm-hmm. their relationship is decidedly well in at least for the moment worse off yeah and um her last line when she says i'm fine i'm fine which is a month later yeah, uh right. where they, you know we get a little bit of space between it and we know their relationship has changed there's no way mm-hmm. that thing cannot be changed with the actions that he did which is he didn't he bought her a gift uh, right. um that was you know thankfully i'm I'm glad she caught it because who knows how that would have panned out yeah. so you know when you're, you know he crossed a line there. He crossed a line. It's such a such a delicate way they frame that too, to, yeah. to show how he, at on some level, crossed a line, and kind of everyone sees that and understands it. But it's such a it's such an intangible line, right? Right. You know, because there are appropriate ways to interact with, uh, you know, your your inferiors and you know the men and women challenged in the workplace. Like right, that's just right. a, always a difficult, you yeah. know, tenuous circumstance. But but there are lines, and and maybe. You know, for him and for his wife, you know, buying a gift that's worth more or more valuable for, yeah. for this other person is is definitely across the line somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I there's some sympathy I have for the Rickman character. And I think that most people can, if someone is really into you, you know what I mean? That's oh, flattering. We yeah, like that. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, the right response from him was, hey, I'm your boss. This is inappropriate. I need you to stop talking that way to me or yeah. this is not going to happen. Not I'm a married man. Whatsoever. Yeah, but he, he's very human in the fact that he's like, wow, this is, I mean, I'm thinking in, in my head that he's thinking, this is really nice. You know, my, my wife and I were so busy with the kids and life and, and she's got her own interests with Joni Mitchell and she's got her own life going on. Here's a someone who's really interested in me and she likes me and she makes no mistake that I'm a huge impact in her life. And uh, so I, I, there's, a, there's a, the flattery piece of it, you know, but I'm, I'm glad that he it doesn't go any Right. Any further yeah. with uh, there's okay. there's still room for redemption there for sure. There's definitely room for redemption in there. Yeah. So their love story, Harry and Karen, is one that is tested, right? Um, yes. That can persevere 
through something that's you know pretty significant. It's pretty significant. Yeah. Sort of near. Yeah, I guess we could call there. it a near affair. Certainly a betrayal. Mm-hmm. Um, but that can that filmmakers don't make any apologies that that relationship has not changed. Right. So it doesn't mean that they're you know love can love can be love can be altered. It can change. Um, but at the end of the day, those two are going to be together, I think. I think their marriage is going to be okay. Yeah, it's, it's an open question, but there's definitely room for that. You know, yeah. there's there's been betrayals. You know, I've, I've been a part of betrayals like that, mm-hmm. you know, that are, that are lines have been crossed. Right. And and yet with work and, and, and love and continued care, yeah. you, you know, people can get beyond that. People can get beyond we're, that. We're pretty resilient. I like the way that, um, the way that she sort of calls him out on the affair too, or pseudo affair betrayal is the best way to say it yeah. um because she says what would you do if da, 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 and, and i think that's the question that we all have you know mm. like when we look at that and we say wow you you did this to me what would i do you know if this you know and and frames it that way and that's really make he has no words for that he's just like oh god oh yeah god, i miss but i love the way that she that's the way that she confronts him you know what would you do if i did this and how would you feel mm-hmm. if this was if the tables were turned? And when it's framed that way, and he sees it, and it's, oh my gosh, yes, that's an awful thing that I've done. Right. And in her position, I think there's a, a pretty wide breadth of reaction that would be appropriate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. You know, they, she could have gone a lot of ways with that, and no one would have held it against her. But I think she was right. you know, particularly kind to him in mm-hmm. that. Uh, it, it was a it was a loving. It was a loving confrontation despite the pain of it. Yeah. Which yeah. is admirable. I'm part. pulling for him. I'm hoping yeah. they're still together now. Their kids are well adjusted. And <laughs> right. <laughs> doing great. Yep. 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 Um, let's talk about a different kind of love when that is more familial love. So that is another one of uh, Rickman's or Harry's employees, whose name is Sarah, played by Laura Linney. And she's got a huge crush, and everyone knows it, including <laughs> Harry, and says, Would you just you know, go after the guy. Would you yeah, stop right. being so passive? You love this guy, Carl. You have this huge crush on him. Would you do something about it? It's Christmas, you know. Um, so at the Christmas party, uh, she decides um, she's going to go for it. Well, now, Carl one thing- actually comes up to her. So she... She finally like yes, and I, yeah, that's right. Yes, it does. It, yeah, it's, it was a dance, right? Mm-hmm. The big starts as you know, sort of like, hey, we better get a dance in before this thing ends. Then it turns into a slow song, and they have a beautiful, nice slow dance together. Mm-hmm. Now the thing that is with the Sarah character is this cell phone that continually goes off, so she's sort of distracted, and we don't know exactly who's calling her um, in the beginning. You know, we just know that right. she's got some other. Um, it, at first, I thought it was a, another. Um, uh, love interest, you know what I mean? Another another man. Right. But we find out later that it is a brother who's a very troubled brother who lives in a sort of a mental institution kind of place mm-hmm. or a He's a at home. risk for himself. Yeah. And, and uh but uh well I'll let you continue with that. You wanna continue with Tom? Oh Henry? no, I felt like you had the, oh, okay. had the right idea <laughs> on that one. All right. So the so the um so when she finally has the opportunity and here's Carl in her apartment and it's this is the night I've been waiting for. She does a hilarious jig of joy, you know, that she's actually her dream has come true. Here's Carl in her apartment. This is everything I've dreamed of. He's incredibly handsome. What could be better? And they get upstairs and there's uh, begin uh, making out and the phone rings and it's the brother. And she takes it quickly, and the Carl character's kind of like, okay, well, I guess I can hang with this for a while and wait a little bit. And then she hangs up, 
They start up again, and then the phone rings again, and the and she is comp- she is all in on this conversation, and he sees that too. So she said, what can I do for you? What do you need? Oh, don't yeah, do that. I'm, and, not, and, uh, I'm she, not doing anything. Right, just right. Just completely puts aside everything right. else. So what we see is someone who's willing to put aside even her greatest desire and her greatest want, you know what I mean? As it would be this, this car, Carl is the, what she wants. That's what, that would give her such happiness. But I have an obligation to my brother. Yeah. Um, and, and the love that she has for him, if you look at the endearing, what she could, my sweet brother, my precious angel. I mean, mm-hmm. she calls him yeah. all these, I mean, she, the, the love so that she has for her him. brother. And, uh, even when she goes to see him, he's deeply troubled and he actually lashes out at her. Um, and yet they embrace and they hold each. I mean, so she is going to love, this is absolute unconditional love. Um, and the sacrifices that we sometimes make for love and the sacrifices that we, you know, if we, she is sacrificing her own personal joy and satisfaction because her love for her brother is so, is so strong. And that's a, that's a kind of love that's very, very admirable and very, very selfless and very, very rare. I think a lot of times, you know, we are, I think ultimately selfish people i don't mean that in a negative way necessarily but usually we're thinking of ourselves you yeah know? at least to some degree I yeah mean. and and she really is probably one of the most selfless characters i've seen in film um, yeah i mean almost to probably to a fault it looks mm-hmm. a lot it looks like a codependent sort of relationship mm-hmm. in some sense to me you know, she's got someone who is who is dependent on her to be there and she's beyond committed to you know past past having boundaries to to mm-hmm. being there for that person and and yeah, it's it's beautiful and it's admirable, and and I don't know where the heck that line would be. Yeah, I mean, the, I think ultimately she has made peace with it, and that's shown in the end of the movie where we yeah. get the same scene as before, where they're working late and Carl leaves mm-hmm. and he says goodnight, Sarah, and she kind of smiles and says, you know, goodnight, Carl. But there's no sense of longing or oh, I made the wrong choice. Oh, there he goes. Oh, right. I could have had Carl. She's not regretful it's about a, it. No, no, she's made a she's she's realized this is this is the choice I've made, mm. and I'm gonna you know I'm gonna stick with this. So it's, yeah, I it's, hadn't thought about it's, that. It's, in that it's light. beautifully admirable. There's really a family. Is. There's a family that I know, and um, and, and it was kind of a, a nasty divorce, and then and there were some kids involved, and so the the mom said, you know, like, uh, I, you know, she's single for a little while, and then she, someone's asking her, I was in the in, in the crowd, and, and uh, someone said to her, "Well, are you going to start dating?" You know, and she said, "No, no, I'm going to make sure my kids are." you know, successful in school and do, I'm going to put all my focus on my kids. And she didn't, she put aside all of that, you know, like, you know, that her own personal desire, like to be with another person or for, you know, the needs that she had as a, as a woman, um, to focus on her kids. And I remember thinking that same kind of thing that I'm seeing here, this, wow, that is an incredibly selfless move to say, you know what? No, I'm not the one right now that's important. You are. And so I'm going to take right. care of you and you and you and those kids went off to school, and then she began to get into the dating room. End up meeting a wonderful guy. He's married now, and it's a but it's a great story. I think that I'm not saying that you know <laughs> that you should never date when you have children. Right, but right. I thought it was a great way to <laughs> exemplify this selflessness that yeah. is that is something admirable and and frankly pretty challenging. Oh I mean, gosh, that's so a, hard. Know, yeah, I mean well, it's and, really hard to do. And maybe part of part of a person's dis- decision of, of where they draw the line for themselves as an individual is is like you said with that in that moment if if you can 
keep giving yourself to this to this other person keep laying your life down you know greater love has no one than this than he that would lay down his life for a friend like if you if you can keep laying down your life for this this other person without without growing bitter about it and without having that resentful uh resentfulness well up then then maybe maybe it's still all good maybe maybe you can you know you can yeah. hold up to that yeah you know? that's there is that is the the tipping point though that's the right. deciding point because i know there's other people too that you know maybe take king care of an aging parent you know and they love their oh. parent and but it then can they're, get so but then toxic. they're so mad about it you know, yeah. there's a bitterness about it so that love gets sort of you know it's polluted tainted. by yeah. yeah by this uh by this bitterness about uh, so it's not but i that's why i love this story in a way i mean i'm kind of sad for her cause she doesn't get what she wants but she's not right. but i don't feel like she's sad for herself so well, i and, feel a little better about still it open like there's still she's not despoiling who she is mm-hmm. uh by doing that like by by serving her brother mm-hmm. and there's still hope and time for love for her and, yeah. and, and there is even hope for her if Carl decides, Absolutely. I love this person, but I know that her priority is her brother, and it will never be me. Right. It, will, it will always be brother at first, and if I'm okay with second, then we can have a relationship. Well, and that's but, left uh, open. You yeah, know, that's, big, that's... But yeah. that cordial moment there at the end. Yes, that's why I love that, the way that it ends like that. It doesn't end in like, oh, see, you can't have it. So yeah, it's open. It's not like there's a, the door is closed. Right. Um, it's... Uh, it's left ajar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's those. That that is a beautiful story there. That mm-hmm. that and that and that pure and devoted self selflessness. Yes, is is certainly uh, admirable. I think there's a lot of people who feel like their moms have been that person in their life, mm-hmm. who is that consistent selfless figure, who's always there for them, who's always uh, given up whatever she right. wanted Puts for their themselves sake. last, mm-hmm. you know, so to speak. Yep. I was thinking too as we're talking about this how all of these nuances of love sort of filter through all of these stories. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause there is a, there is a selflessness even to the uh, Emma Thompson character. You can tell is extremely devoted to her children and that's her. Right. her if, there's lots of clues that she's the one who keeps that family going. You know, she's the one who makes the costumes, gets the, you know, she's the one who picks up the kids. There's a part where she says, get the kids ready. And she's surprised that it actually happens, you know, like, right. Oh my gosh, you did it. You know, you're actually, you know, that's what I do. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, there's that selfish selflessness that we see uh, through there. We also see that through Joe and and uh, in his relationship with Billy Mac. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you're the right. I'll put you first. Yep. You know, I'm I'm secondary. I'll I'm in the shadows in the here. Right, right. Make your success happen. Right. So yeah, but I think that that one with the uh, the Carl and Sarah story is uh, is is a, is a beautiful one, and including the brother. Uh, well, and the the prime minister character and his willingness to sort of condescend and and uh, go go knocking door to door to try and make things right with Natalie is another one of those where he's just not too worried about what he's going to look like and right. he just kind yeah. of ah, it's worth it for for this person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, one of the ones that is is an interesting one, an interesting story is uh, these two friends, two very good friends, presumably Peter and Mark, um, and. Peter has we, we we meet them I think at the wedding right where, uh, yeah, where yeah, Peter is marrying this beautiful uh, 17 year old Kira Knightley 17 <laughs> year old yes time? I read that oh she's 17 in this thing she's uh yeah amazing so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow um but she's uh, marrying Peter and we see that you know Mark does a great a wonderful thing at the wedding very creative artistic kind of guy mm-hmm. um, but there's some sadness that's in him or in the, that we notice and it's sort of mistaken by by the uh, uh, Sarah lo- by Sarah who yeah. sort of says 
I'm, she's watching him. She's very perceptive and says, I can, you're not really happy here. You know, I can tell. And she asks if he's in love with Peter. Right. And, I uh, love the way she asked that too. I kind of wrote it down. It's like, uh-huh. I just figured I'd ask the question just in case no one's ever asked the question and you need someone to, to tell. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gives him an opening. Yeah, to kind exactly. Of and he sort of stumbles through, uh, no, 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 I'm not in love. And, and, uh, I kind of took it a different way. I thought he, he that he was, um, my wife said, no, I don't think that's where it's going. But, uh, it kind kind of took me down a path where I thought, oh, maybe he is in love with Peter. And right. then I was kind of puzzling through that. But we find out that that is, it isn't a, a sexual love between Peter and, um, and Mark. It is actually the, the, the old, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I wish that I had Jesse's girl. girl. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm in love with, I mean, there's the cars have my best friend's girl and <laughs> yeah. there's the, I wish that I had Jesse's girl from Rick Springfield. So even in pop culture, we've got this idea uh, that common you know, theme, and that is where we come back to those boundaries again. Right. I mean, there is love and there are boundaries, you mm-hmm. know, me across those boundaries and did not, you know, uh, and, and, and in a way, um, because the Juliet character wants to, you know, wants a wedding video from, um, from Mark and she knows he has one and he right. kind of keeps blowing her off and putting her off and she just says, what's going on? I mean, I like you. Right. I'm a guy, I'm a nice person. Right. You've never been, you know, I understand I'm with your best friend, but mm-hmm. I'm a good person. And she's right. reading it all wrong. Well, and she's super, she's very gracious about it. I pointed this out to my wife yesterday because when she finally shows up at his house and she like, or when he's, oh, oh, sorry. No, when she shows up at his house. Yeah, when she ahead. shows up yeah, at his yeah. house to try and find the video. And she, she comes to him and she says, like, I know we haven't always hit it off. And, and I know you, you and your best friend are really close. And, and just want you to know that I'm like, I'm trying and I hope that this can yeah. be better. Yeah. And which is like, it's very gracious of her. If there's any, I mean, obviously it's, it's made plain that there is some history of him kind of being um, less than polite to her. And just as a quick side note, that also shows her love for Peter. Yeah. That she's willing to say, listen, this is a good friend of yours, right. your be- presumably your best friend. I love you, so it would be awkward or not right for me to not be- have a relationship It'd with be, this person. It makes things really uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. So, so really her her reaching out to him is, is a natural kindness on that on that character's part, but also a, a display of love for, right. for and Peter. It's, it's it's gracious of her to do that. Very she doesn't gracious. really have to. And anyone who gets married knows that there's no obligation for spouses to like their other, their significant other's friends uh-huh. because that, that just gets tricky. And you, you, you hope for that sort of uh, smoothness to happen, but it just doesn't always play out. <laughs> right, right. Friends, family, whatever. I mean, there aren't <laughs> enough in-law jokes to make that point clear. Um, but the, Anyway, so she she goes and makes this effort, which I think is a, is an admirable thing, um, and it, and <laughs> and he kind of blows her off again, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. But of course, you come to find out that he's crushing on her really hard and has really this video hard. of her. Yes. At, you know, <laughs> I mean, he's an artist, so maybe one can excuse him for for admiring a beauty and mm-hmm. and he, I mean, it's his whole art gallery was nudes of various types. Right. And so, you know, but you also know that it's a, it is a little bit of an objective artistic appreciation of bodies because it's not just women. Like she's he's got mm-hmm. who's women and there's a huge wall size portrait of these dudes mm-hmm. backsides right, too. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so I, I mean, I, I kind of excuse that a little bit, um, because yeah. because there is there's a boundary he flirts with in this big time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And do you how do you feel about his his approach to to that that gray area and that tricky about tricky how relationship? he's going to navigate that? Yeah. yeah, how do you feel well, like how he I handled think that it? You just made, you kind of gave me an epiphany just now, and that, that I didn't realize, and I now I think I do realize it. So I'll answer your question, but I'm what my epiphany is that. Um, 
I was thinking a lot more about his his love. I'll put it in quotation marks. His love for her mm-hmm. that, that Mark has for um, for Juliet is really more of a love of beauty. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like a lo- you know this this idea of artistic beauty. Uh, this this like oh my gosh, this idealized yeah, sort of an obsession with the aesthetic. Yeah, exactly. Not necessarily. I love this person. She's mm-hmm. such an amazing, great person. So it's a little superficial. So it's yeah, it it's not nearly as dangerous as the Mia Harry relationship, which is very like no, it's you. I want you. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't see that with the Mark and and um and um. Well, Juliet character. Yeah, you at least see that he's fought it within himself very aggressively. Yes, I think he makes a point that he says it's like this is how I deal with the pain or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's how mm-hmm. I, the coping mechanism was how he tries to excuse his being rude to her, which self preservation. Self preservation. Yeah, there we go. Self preservation. Yep. And that's and that, to me, that's a totally. I see that as like I would completely let him off on that grounds because uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I know that pain like that's a, that's a, yeah. it's a major pain to have yeah. to have the, the unrequited love is, is yeah that's, that one hurts <laughs> that one hurts bad <laughs> yeah what, what's the what's the kid sam say the uh, uh the, the agony what of could love. be worse than yeah. the agony of love <laughs> the agony <laughs> yeah. of love well the uh so to, to your question about what well, you asked me what i thought of his yeah. the way he deals with that so it's very cute or you know clever and you know, it's a, it, and he's an artist, so it makes mm-hmm. sense. But he shows up to the door, and this is his way of bringing closure to this thing that he knows is not going to have a future. I'm not going to be able to be with this person. I'm right. not going to bail on my best friend. I'm not going to ruin their marriage. But I am going to let her know that I think that she is an absolutely beautiful, you know, human being. You know, and so mm-hmm. these sort of cue cards, you know, that she that she reads, and he plays uh, uh, music. Uh, I think it's 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 lovely, and she's really struck by it, and she doesn't see it as. I think she it's it's not a flirtation. It's not an it's not an opening, right? It's not an opening to like. So I really like you. So let's maybe get together on a. It's not that. It's like you know what? I got something. To, I have something to say to you, and it is this. I wish I had the cards all in front of me, but, it, right. but what it, I think the gist of it is not that I love you. So what are we gonna do? It's like I just want to let you know that I think you're just amazing like he says something and others beautiful is in there that you're a beautiful person or i love that you're i don't even know for the sake of the holidays and all this stuff like and he and he just lets her know that man i just think you're amazing i think you are incredible it's sort of the gist of the whole thing and she's really struck by it and he he leaves and I know he mutters something like, yes. and that's enough, yep. and that we're done with that, and he's going to move on. Now, she does come out, and she gives him a nice kiss. It's not a long, romantic, you know, like, you don't think, oh, but, oh boy, this is going to be trouble. It's almost right. like uh, this honesty that, that she's evoked in him. Like, mm-hmm. you know, no, I, I just want to tell you, I think you're beautiful. You've, you know, made a huge impact on me, um, and we're moving on, yeah, <laughs> you right. know? So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's lovely. I don't, I, I feel like their friendship, uh, I think that Mark and Peter's friendship is going to make it. I think that he and Juliet now have this, uh, this understanding. I don't think they're going to be, uh, there'll be temptations in the, in the future. Like I'm yeah. kind of optimistic about that. You're but very optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that there, uh, the seeds are planted that they would be, 
that this is not over and that you can't because it could be that the filmmaker is saying that yeah, I you think can't it's pretty that aside. pretty damn ambiguous. I mean, yeah. here he is standing out in front of his fr- best friend's house. Then he lies, tells her to lie to him, say it's Christmas carolers, <laughs> and then makes him play on his wife. Like I don't know, I, I, I can well, see that the, going either way. The only, the only part I'm going to disagree with on that is yeah. I don't know if he really made a play. Yeah, on I agree. His wife. Like it's it doesn't not necessarily. A, it's not this. Uh, like I like I mentioned earlier, I don't think it's this opening for. I sure. think it's a closing. Actually, I think it's 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 uh. It's, if it it's, ends up uh, being a closing, I think it is justifiable. It's hard to know what's really going on in the character's mind. Right, I like that right. line that he says at the end. Is like, and that is enough. Right. Right. Um, and. And that that does lead credence to what you're saying about yeah. it. Really, just try try him trying to be honest. Maybe they can he can stop being a dick to her yeah. and and be a little more polite, like, right, he, right. like he wants to, yeah. you know, and 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 ditch the self preservation act for a little bit mm-hmm, and still mm-hmm. give his friend the respect of staying mm-hmm. away from his wife, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> which which is always a nice thing, right? It's kind of important. It's kind of important. It's always a good thing. <laughs> Away from your best friend's wife. It's a big takeaway. There. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, that was not too hard for many people. Yeah, but I know that's uh, that's one of the one of the trickier ones in my mind. Like there, there's there's some serious flirtation with with proper boundaries yeah, in that boundaries whole scenario. Are, yes, definitely, you know? definitely, and it gets you. And I think that's what great literature and great film does: is it turns a mirror on you and thinks. What would you do in that situation? Is that all right what he did? Is right. that is that right or, or is that wrong? What? And that helps define who you are. That helps you make sense of your values. Yeah. And you might think to yourself, that guy's a dirtbag. Right. He needs to just move on. He needs to that was a terrible thing to do, you know, the, the, go these cue cards and this music and and other people might think, you know, that was a that was a way to, you know, put it into this thing and this is what needed to happen in order for him to move on and it was like right. sort of cathartic so it really helps us define who we are well and then we her kissed that. for to him too in some ways that's yeah. that was farther than rickman's character got with yes, Mia. like in some true. ways physically it, yes. that a kiss like that didn't even happen with with mia right. there was a gift that was given and yet that one is is pretty clearly presented as being across a major boundary. There. Yes. And like you said, I think that if we bring Peter into the mix and we said, Peter, what do you think of this? I don't think he'd be very pleased with this. No, probably <laughs> not. But I think uh, you, he could also be understanding, you if, know, if depending on the level of their friendship, which right. is pretty strong and, their and, honesty. His, and, and his understanding of his artistic, the artist, there's the, I think the artist part is, is huge. Mm-hmm. It, making him, if, if he were a, a, an executive or something and anything, it, it would change that the dynamic yeah because like i said earlier we kind of started talking about there i I feel like still that that's this idealized you know and her name's juliet i mean that's like the most i you know this is fair juliet you know the the most idealized female in all of shakespeare so i think the idea that it's not so much her you know what i mean it's it's sort of what she represents yeah this beauty and innocence and you know i mean the, the shots that he has of her at the thing, you know, she even says to herself, I look really good. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, you do. <laughs> so he's uh, able to draw that out too. Yeah, unlike yeah. the other photographer. <laughs> right, right. So uh, that one is a, that one is a, is a good one, but it does add some ambiguity. Um, there's another one that, uh, you know, we talk about love and then the transcendent nature of love. And there's another lovely story about a guy who's been, Sort of jilted. Um, his, he has a he has someone that he seems to love quite a lot, and mm-hmm. then his brother moves in on this person, and he sort of catches them in the act, I guess. 
<laughs> and uh, it's pretty bad. Yes. And he realizes, Colin oh Firth. my gosh, it's a Colin Firth character. His name is Jamie. Jamie. Uh, he's an author, another artist, right. a writer. Um, and so he sort of retreats to a, you know, a, a chateau in France, I think it is. And presumably he's written there before and it's been a place of inspiration for him. And, right. and uh, he he's, gets a, uh, sort of, what do you call her, maid or a servant? Nah, I just, probably, no one says servant yeah, anymore. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah. The uh, housekeeper or housekeeper. something along those lines. Yeah. yeah. Her name is Aurelia. Uh, from, uh, I want to say Portuguese. Is she Portuguese? Yeah, Portuguese. Yeah. And they she doesn't speak any english he doesn't speak any portuguese and so uh but their love begins to blossom and it's a really right. beautiful thing to see that we don't even need language to have love and 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 it's all about action he loses or she she loses some of his pages in the, in the lake and dives into a freezing cold lake uh <laughs> to uh retrieve these pages for him um I love that all of their lines, like they have a whole bunch of lines that they go back and forth on and yeah. you, the, the subtitles come up for her and, and he says, it, and they're almost, they're almost eye to eye, yes. which is just missing each other by a little bit. That's that's know? a great way to put it. And it's, really it's hard to funny. explain, but if right. you've seen the movie, you know exactly what you're talking about where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, uh, yeah. And, and, and I think that the, that's to me, that's put there to show that we're, that love doesn't need a language. We are on the same page yeah, when it people. comes to love. Yeah. yeah. Despite, yeah. Where, wherever else you are on the earth, you right, know, love, right. love and attraction and they're, they're constants. They're, yeah. you know, it's not, we're, we're never that far off yeah. from experiencing what someone else is experiencing, good or yeah. bad. Right. And uh, they end up going their separate ways mm-hmm. and uh, he cannot shake her. We don't hear from her. We don't see her anymore. Um, she just sort of drops off, uh, uh, drops out of sight. But we see him and we see him struggling. Um, he always does the right thing too, which is just, I love that character too. There's even a part where he's, uh, you know, he's really trying to get, he's trying to get to the airport and things like that. And then someone jumps in front of him and an older lady jumps in front of his cab and he goes, oh, well, I'll let you in. You know, he's always the, you know, the epitome of politeness and kindness. Um, but he begins to, when she's, when she's out of the picture, he can't stop thinking about her. Right. And he ends up can't taking, he can't start taking language classes. Like, well, at least maybe I can understand the language. That way, if, if ever, you know, I see each other, um, we, can, uh, we can communicate. And he cannot shake her, as Josiah said. But at the, the moment of truth comes when he goes to his family for Christmas. And he comes in, and, oh, Uncle Jamie, Uncle Jamie, Uncle Jamie, we're so glad to see you. And he looks at them and thinks like, okay, here's the people who love me, but I'm not with the one I love. This is not enough for me. I wonder if that I was his one. family or his like cheating wife's family. Oh, a good point. Because because as soon as he walks out the door, they go, "I hate Uncle." I Jamie. hate Uncle Jamie. <laughs> I know that's, that's actually really really funny. Where they're so glad to see him, and then they all right jerk, you know. So right. I don't know. That's a yeah. great question. But I think it it, it uh, I think either way you answer that is right. he realizes no, this is not where I need to be. It's actually, whether or not it's his wife's family or his brother's family, either way, they're both <laughs> they yeah. both are uh, right uh, culpable yeah. or bad reminders, I suppose. So on, yeah. so onto a plane he goes and yep. gets to Portugal and it's, it's it's wonderful and he has and he meets goes to the re- goes to the, fa- the, the, <laughs> yeah, the, the family the, house the family house and she's not there and they go to the restaurant where she's working. And then they have a beautiful, it's actually really kind of a tear jerking scene for me. I thought it was just beautiful uh, Mm -hmm. because we find out that Aurelia has also taken some English classes in order to, because she hasn't forgot about him and she says, and his, 
And his lines to her in Portuguese is this sort of, it's not butchered, but it's not proper. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally and, and mangled. I, and, I, and Yeah. And I love that it's mangled because uh-huh. love is messy like that. It's not like, he's not going to, he doesn't give a speech like, you know, that, that right. Romeo gives to Juliet. Oh, like, yeah. uh, uh, it's uh, no eloquent. No, it, this, it's a choppy sort of, it's from the heart. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I, I want to marry you because I think you're one, but it comes out really garbled. <laughs> and then, uh, and then we find out that she's taking English and she says, just in cases. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. Like, she kind of mangles it too. Right. Just a little bit on <laughs> Same kind of thing. It's great. So their, uh, their, their thing is, a, is a really cool love story. And I have a lot of, uh, a lot of faith in that one. I love that one. I, I love that he he gets to experience a love where this woman obviously is into him as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and, yeah. and he yeah. very much cares. She kisses him goodbye at the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's there's something there that wasn't there with his wife. I mean, right. that, I don't, I don't, the, his first interaction with her that you see, she like she refuses to kiss him and she kind of harasses him. She smiles and acts nice and playful or whatever. But yeah. you could tell that there's just not like he's he says, I love you to her like four times in that scene. And she won't say it once back. Right, right. Like, it's just it's obvious. It's a one sided thing. Yeah, and even yeah. though he's head over heels, it's not. There just isn't the reciprocation there. And yet here's this, there's no, literally no words shared with this other, this other woman. And yet there's this mutuality to it that is compelling and changes the whole game for him. Yeah. It's, it's really cool because she knows that this, that the love that Aurelia has for him, for Jamie is not one that's based on anything other than just pure love. You know what I mean? It's not like she's not in love with, who he is like you know they don't even they can't even communicate you know what i mean but it's just this sort of pretty simple uh, attraction there yeah and it's uh chemistry yeah it's chemistry and it's it's uh it's really quite nice i like that one that story and i like that it begins with chemistry but their first i think i think the first real sign that it's that they're that the first real seeds of love are planted when they go out of their way and, and start learning another language yeah. for each other. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, you know, that's, there's, well, actually it goes even before that, the, the jumping in the, in the, in the lake, in the lake you know, right. she's willing to kind of go above and beyond for him. Right. And then, and he says, Oh, I'm going to, I can't just let her I do that. Let, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I got to get in there too. Uh, or right, total right. spaz or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so there's, there's the beginning of this mutuality um, and reciprocating, give and take of, yeah. of real love right that you, ha- you know it can start as attraction and and move to that but mm-hmm. that at some point that has to come into play mm-hmm. or or things just or it's just shallow it doesn't go anywhere right. i think she i agree completely i think aurelia loves him for who he is whatever that means you mm-hmm. know what I mean? that she loves him and in, in a way that's so counter to his wife or girlfriend in the beginning the one that she that cheats on him with the yep. brother um yep. And so that's a that that, that is an, an interesting piece there. Do you want to talk about a uh, Cullen, the, the the goofy <laughs> the goofy young guy who goes out to the states? His story is funny. They, they don't spend a whole lot of time on him, which no. is, is fine. I think it, it's a fairly surface level uh, right, love right. story, but yeah. but it's another one that really exemplifies the whole idea of you got to got to be willing to risk it for the biscuit. There you go. <laughs> you got to go for it. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so he he gets this idea in his head that as soon as he goes to the states, every bar is going to be full of beautiful women, and right. they're all going to love him for his British accent. Right, right. And he's going to go from the bottom of the totem pole right to the top by oh, by going out and, to the. And states. his friend Tony does everything to convince him that that's a terrible <laughs> idea. That his that's an Tony's idealized right. version. Yeah. You are that's so stupid. That's not like it is. That's just in the movies. Uh-huh. They don't. You don't have a, a cool English accent. You just don't have. And, and he does everything in his power <laughs> right, to convince to him, that, him. That, that, that to dissuade him. And Colin is like hell nope. bent on uh, no. And 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 what's hilarious as an American is that his <laughs> when he decides <goes>, <laughs> to go to America, he goes to Milwaukee, <laughs> Wisconsin. Yeah, right. It's just like all right. No, it's not. It's not Hollywood. It's not San bar. Diego. It's not you know right. uh, you know Florida or some places that are lovely and uh-huh. beautiful. It's it's Milwaukee, Wisconsin wintertime. in the winter. In, you know, so right. Um, and then of course you know counterintuitively <laughs> he he tells the cabbie to take him to the bar and he shows up and there's like these four gorgeous women there <laughs> <laughs> who absolutely love his English right. accent and find it and and it's basically his dream yes. come true completely. This, completely. You know, so Tony be damned. Uh, right. his, he was absolutely right. There's beautiful women in America <laughs> that all love his English accent and they yep. take him back and have a night of you know <clears throat> sexual fun that <laughs> right <laughs> it's uh it's uh it's 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 really pretty funny it is, um, it's hilarious and, it's, and of uh, course he brings the one back at the at the end to the states and and brings and uh, brings back one yeah, for brings his back friend her sister for his friend right <laughs> yeah probably the most absurd of all the stories but but right. you know if there's anything to tell the Tell the tale of you know whatever it is you're you're hoping for. Go for go it. Go for What's it. What's the worst right, that could right. happen? Right, and I think that leads us into the other go for it kind of idea, which is exemplified with Daniel, who's recently lost his wife Ugh. and his young son Sam, who is, you know, first of all, we see that that love also transcends age too. It's this eleven-year-old boy, and at first, uh, the Daniel character, the Liam Neeson character, is a little, little, um, uh, um. Uh, he sort of belittles the importance or the, you know, the, the, that right. he has, the, the, the young boy has. He says he's in love and he, he downplays it like, oh, you're 11 years old, big deal. Right. But I think he begins to realize, oh, this is real love. And I, let me tell this kid what I would do, you know, like, go for it. Yeah. Do I it. think he's, he's, I love this. Uh, this is probably my favorite of all of them. The, okay. This particular story because the, the, the very deep, pain that you can see his character Daniel's character is is experiencing or Liam Neeson's character Daniel uh, he's like on this really raw moment like he's just got out of the funeral for his his wife he's he's totally raw um, and I think he's more aware than ever of of the sharp pain of love mm-hmm. and so he can sympathize with his son I think his son is actually his, his stepson, stepson. Right, yeah right and so at first he's just he doesn't know what to how to help him because he assumes that his stepson is experiencing the pain of the loss of his, his mom right which you know he presumably is as well mm-hmm. but but what's even more poignant for him than that poignant for Sam than than the loss of his stepmom is this or his real mom or his real mom right right mm-hmm. is the um is this love that he's doesn't know what to do about and is burning him up from the inside which is an interesting commentary right. you know on that just the just how agonizing love can be oh yeah <laughs> but he's he is sympathetic to him and he treats him he treats him with a lot of dignity yes you know for being a young kid mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and once once he realizes the validity of that of the and the sharpness of that love and, and he's able to to sympathize and i mm-hmm. think it it helps him seeing his seeing sam 
take steps and be brave and mm-hmm. go hard i yeah. think helps him to to have hope for his own future love right and you know, there's this line where they're talking about how uh Daniel is is making the point that generally, you know, despite as as wonderful and unique as as Joanna may be, generally there's not just one person is the the point he tries to make. And then, of course, his son's all romantic about it. It's like, no, you have just one and I've had just one. And and, uh, he doesn't deny it in that moment. Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. uh, Daniel doesn't deny that. Well, that might be the case because he he still feels that way about about his lost um, wife. But. I think seeing the seeing his son get a win, and after after risking it and going hard and trying and right. you know, becoming a becoming a drummer in the band, yeah. and doing everything he could possibly do, do to get the girl. Yeah, right. right. Uh, yeah, he runs into he runs into that blonde gal in the um, yeah. in the hallway, and has a has a moment right. that you see he acts on later. Well, that yeah, you described that really well. I was thinking about how um, that he tells. Uh, Sam, you know, mm-hmm. you need to go tell her, like, you know, that right. you, we got to, you got to do this because she's leaving, right? You know, she's mm-hmm. leaving on a plane, going back to America, and he says to her, he says to him, to Sam, you got to tell her, I couldn't have told your mom enough, you know, like, so right. you got her every day. Yeah, I should have told her every day how much I loved her. Now, there's an interesting kind of little, little wink to the audience there, where the Joanna, the mom who died, not mm-hmm. the kid, which is an interesting thing too, that the kids. Love interest it has the same name as his mom, right. but uh, when, when Joanna died, she says something like, "Well, when I die, you should try to, you know, something about Claudia Schiffer, this this, uh, this uh, model, you know, that was pretty oh. popular." Well, in that that woman that, that you reference. the woman saying that she should take her to the funeral, right? Like, right. bring it, have a date at the funeral, right? And it should be Claudia Schiffer, who's oh, just okay. sort of this this uh, this supermodel, right? Well, that woman in the hall that uh-huh. you talked about is Claudia Schiffer. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I have no idea. I didn't know that either. Though, so thank you to my wife for oh, uh, nice. pointing that out. And she, how do you not know who Claudia Schiffer is? I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I feel like I know who's I know the name, but that's a a little wink to the audience oh, there. Okay. That, that's uh, yeah, yeah. So they've come full circle there. There's a, there's a, there's almost, I mean, that's a, that's like, uh, that's almost a commentary on, on the whole idea of you know, your lost loved ones looking over you, looking after you mm-hmm. from beyond, Oh yeah, which is, you know, it's a touch on that idea as well. Right, right. Just the, those, the, I, I can't tell you how often I've seen that on Facebook after someone loses something, you just, no, mm-hmm. I know you're looking out for me now or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And there's that sense of presence that, mm-hmm. that lives on almost yeah. like Harry Potter and, in mm-hmm. the Deathly Hallows, where he right. he brings back those shadows of of those people who have died with him, and and you know, right. they make the point that it's we're we're still here with you, just in in your heart, and so that there's something to that. I'm yeah, not, I don't know what it is, sure. but there's something yeah. to that. Yeah, and I think also the idea that 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 little Sam is not accurate when he says it's only once. Mm-hmm. You know that love. Can it's not like lightning, right. <laughs> it can strike twice, you know, you know, or three times or four times. I mean, right. well, you know, lightning it's, it's, does too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is like that's been that has been sort of debunked, hasn't it? <laughs> right, know, right. Um, but the uh, I guess what I'm, th- what I'm getting, you know, what I'm getting, yeah, the yeah, idea that, that the yeah. idea that we uh, um, it's not just one that, yeah, that we can that that once love is lost and and that it, it can come again, it's not something that is, World is full elusive of as as uh. Some might make it out to be even right. the, even the greatest loss, death, um, can lead to you know something brand new. Right, and if you're uh, a Brit, maybe you just got to fly to America you know? <laughs> <laughs> and make it happen that way. Right. 
Well, I think we have covered all of, you know, basically we just went through seven different all love but one. stories. All but one. All but one. Which the, one did I the miss? Mor- uh, miss? Martin Freeman's character. Ah, the uh, John and the, Judy. The, yep. the, the, we, we weren't sure if they were, I think they were, I thought they were stand-ins, but I think that Josiah, they're porn stars. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and I think that's probably more accurate because there's a type where they said they don't want to say where they met and stuff like right. that. Right. Uh, uh, they're yeah. kind of like hesitant to, to reveal how long right, they were right. together or whatever. So you mentioned that that was one of your favorite stories. So what's, I do. What, they're so cute, the one. two of them. I think it's because you're a Lord of the Rings guy. That's yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, I like, like Bilbo. You, you like, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. That's the same actor. He's a by great the way, actor. Who plays, uh, oh man, who plays him? And he is a great actor. He He's kills it in um, in one of the more recent Sherlock uh, series. Ah, I don't know if you've yeah. seen Sherlock by the BBC. No, I haven't. But I've heard oh, good things so about good. that until the last of the season. He's last in that. Not as yeah. good, but yeah, okay, yeah, he plays cool. Watson. Okay, yeah, I uh, thought about him when I saw him, and I instantly thought Lord of the Rings. You know, yep. and, I, and then. Uh, so when you and I know that Josiah is a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Definitely. So yes. So I was like, well, I know why you like him. You like the guy. <laughs> you like the actor. But let's uh, tell me about why you uh, why this is one of your favorite stories. Yeah. So they they have. I feel like aside from their unorthodox introduction to each other, <laughs> to say they, the least. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they have the most the most sort of straightforward classic. Two people meet, hit it off. Have a little bit of a conversation. Uh, the the guy nervously asks her asks to take her out on a date. They actually go on a date. He kisses her at the door, you know, and then then leaves and is all stoked about it. Like just the kind of the classic love story, uh, except instead of meeting at a bar, they meet on set. <laughs> <laughs> Already naked. <laughs> right. Exactly. Naked, introducing each other, introducing themselves to each other right before they you know right. have, have simulated sex. Right. Yeah. And it's just. <laughs> It's so funny. Um, and uh, the, well, the first like the first hint you have that they're not just like they're still like good moral people is when um, the like the director asks him to put his hand on her breast and he like stops and she rubs his hand together and like blows on him to warm him up for her. And then like uh, he's just it's just so love. polite right, to right. each other yeah, during yeah. the the whole all their whole interaction there right, on, on right. set. Yeah. And uh, and it's just I don't know. I just think that's it's so cute. And then he yeah. they're they're. Uh, relative, uh, not l- lack of propriety is not quite the right word, but their openness physically mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily play uh, out for their willingness to be open uh, emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, but it does end up going there, mm-hmm. you know. And I think uh, the it's the it's the emotional intimacy that they end up having having that that makes for a, a cute story. Right, and I, and I think theirs is going to be the strongest love of all. I think so. I, I, I mean, it, they're engaged there at the end, right, too, right? right? Yeah, and I think that one of the things that struck me, too, was the idea that a lot of times, and even the Laura Linney character, the Sarah character, sort of has this idea that this love is, you know, going to be uh, made real when we have sex. That, that sex is the, 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 the natural progression. We fall in love and then have sex with somebody. Right. That, that is oh, you're talking I'm... about Sarah and um, Carl. Right, yeah, yeah, right. right. And, and so, and that is an idea that, that, you know, that love and sex get sort of blended Conflated. together. And so yeah. this one separates that out and says, no, this love doesn't lead to sex. The sex came first. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, putting in quotation marks. Well, and almost completely um, outside of the love entirely. Right. And yeah. that's where, uh, that's where I think the commentary on love is, is love is not sex. Right. This couple shows that love is not sex. That love is what exactly what you described in this beautiful 
charming you know then these two actors are terrific at yeah, it they're, they're just so cute their innocence and their yeah. and their sweetness um, but i do think there is that deeper idea that if you're confl- you know conflating love with sex that you know that, that then that's not really what it's not the whole story it it's not the whole story and, and that's not one, really even very much one, of the story right, necessarily. you one, can pull it out completely right. and still have a good story and that's what happens with uh, john and judy there right yeah. that's uh the the sex is not the the end goal unlike uh carl and uh, his little escapade to the states <laughs> <laughs> or uh what colin yeah, yeah right, colin yeah, yeah right, right, right. Colin. no his, his is pure <laughs> his sex is definitely about the sex yeah <laughs> i've got a ba- i'm gonna go to the states with a backpack full of condoms right? <laughs> 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 yeah but there's a it's uh you know i guess when we look at the whole film as a whole it's a nice thing for the holidays to remember um, because we return at the end of the movie to the airport um, yep. for a variety of reasons, plot-wise and everything else. But but this idea that love is all around us, there's all different kinds of love. Um, at the end of the day, it's it's incredibly buoying for us. I mean, it's it's something that we should all strive for. It's a mm. It's a it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, it really provides a lot of meaning for people's lives. It right. gives them focus, and it's uh, it's something. It's not only something to live for, but it's it's also something that like makes life worth living in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, I think it also, as I said, and this is where as listeners, it takes take a moment to think about these stories and see the ones that resonate with you, which mm-hmm. basically helps you define what your idea of love is. What is love? I mean, that's the, I mean, huge. I mean, age old question. Don't hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, had to. My wife's very, and we didn't really touch on this at all, but my wife has told me that she's really struck by the music in this film, and that there's she finds music, that yeah. there's a lot of meaning and then just uh, a lot of great songs uh, that are in there. And I don't know any offhand. I didn't really. I really focused more on character, um, and not so much this the. Uh, the uh, the songs, but my wife said that she felt felt that that really helped make the movie. Yeah, there's there's some sort of pop culture references in some of those songs. They, mm-hmm. uh, there's a really angsty, all sort of alternative rock song that uh, oh, what's his name? That the artist guys is playing in his head as he's you know as he leaves his apartment while Keira Knightley's there watching the video. And he's sort of tromping around the town, trying to trying to make sense of the the situation that he's now in, where she realizes mm. that he was into her, and, yeah, and I'm not this, sure what's really is. angsty, like uh, almost like Creed or or um, Nickelback or something. Okay. I, I, didn't, I didn't recognize the song, right. but it, it totally I can see how she would really <clears throat> appreciate the music and in, in the few uh-huh. and. The funeral. Uh, I but. think, uh, yeah, there's that one. With the, yeah, that's great. The funeral scene. Oh. The one, the one song that I do remember, and it, and maybe because it was just Hugh Grant's dancing to yeah. it, was the <laughs> jump, the jump for your love. And that song comes a, a couple times. And yeah, if you think right. about that with those, that you know, what does jump for your love mean? I think that means you know, do what you know, Risky. go for it. And go that's it. we see that in a lot of these yeah. things, right? I mean, Jamie, absolutely. Jamie jumps for his love. Colin jumps for his love. Mm-hmm. Sam jumps for his love. Uh, Billy Mack comes back and jumps for his love and tells his. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so uh, Sarah mean, jumps for her love. It, it's it's all around us. And so that's a that's actually that that song does make a lot of sense and it's and it's upbeat and it's yeah, it's uh, it's 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 fun and it's positive. It's not a you know there's plenty of love songs that make you cry, but uh, <laughs> that one is uh, is right. Uh, yeah, that one's got some got some energy behind it. Yeah. And it really is probably one of the biggest takeaways of this whole story is you know the don't be the passive if you if 
and and even if you're god forbid in, in the place where you don't feel like you have any love in your life because mm-hmm. that that is a place to be i mean it's a rough place to be yes. but it's a real place uh, that you know maybe what needs to happen like maybe it's not worth waiting around for it but go and, and make it happen go right. you know find <laughs> that the queen song i need somebody to love like but maybe go find someone right. and you know right. look look closely at the people who've been around you your mm-hmm. whole life and mm-hmm. and actually make the time to to, to be a friend i mean that, there's an old adage uh, that you know, when someone asks what it takes to to have close friends like well you have to be a friend mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and maybe it's just a matter of taking the risk and, right. and going for it and telling someone that you care about them and and taking the time to to have those connections and that's mm-hmm. uh, that uh, love is an active process right yes you know? yes yeah there's it's 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 certainly not passive you don't want to sit around and wait for someone to fall in love with you no my it's <laughs> a fun a very brief story my when my wife and i met swing dancing so i used to go down to this place down in sack and i was looking to to date someone and there's a lot of a lot of christian girls there at the time and it was just kind of funny so she shows up and she had like a love at first sight moment uh-huh. um and and she had always told me after that that her him mentality was got to risk it for the biscuit, and she <laughs> was so funny because she was like all in from day one. I couldn't, uh-huh. I, I didn't, it didn't make any sense to me. I was, <laughs> I was uh, lost, but. <laughs> Um, and in a lot of ways she wore me down, <laughs> but it, she, she knew what she wanted yeah. and, and she convinced me. And then I, you know, realized that she convinced me into the best decision I ever made in my life. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, and then here we are six years later, mm-hmm. but it was, it was a lot of risk for her to do that. Yeah. You know, to, that, to really put your heart out there for someone else who, right. you, know, who you don't know how they feel. Right. And I was pretty secretive about, about my feelings. Oh, yeah. I wasn't try, sure. trying not to lead her on. And, uh-huh. and so I kind of kept to myself was more reserved and, and all that makes it so much harder for the person who's really risking their own heart. Yeah, that risk is, you know, you really have to put yourself out there. And it takes, you know, it takes the kind of almost blind confidence like that Colin has, you know, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, yeah. the, the, like, wow, you know, you, you know, going to make this happen. Yeah. I mean, like his friend sort of tells him the truth, like, you know, dude, you're not these things. And he's now I'm, I'm going for it. I, I am these things and I'm doing it. And I mean, and he's just completely all in on this thing. So, you know, his, his, you know, he's sort of a comic relief in the, in the film, but still his, uh, his, <laughs> still his, his, his risk, that attempt is valid. his risk is, uh, is incredibly, he could have been stranded in um, the U S at a motel all through the holidays <laughs> with nothing to do and bored right. and heartbroken. Well, yeah. Well, I think that we, uh, you know, the filmmaker plays with our expectations too. And right. we, we feel like he's going to get, you that's know, exactly he's going to walk into the to bar. Him. He's going to get mugged you know uh he's gonna get you know, <laughs> right you know uh and even when he meets the beautiful women you're still going oh they're gonna screw him under you know yeah, they're gonna right. mess with him, they're gonna take his wallet or something <laughs> they're gonna do something you right, know right and no it all turns out just perfect you know yeah, every so his uh his his dream uh yeah. it comes true so well, um, and what, one more comment on, on today's dating situation is rough. Like obviously with COVID and everything too, where you can't really get together with people. Right. But there's, um, there's this reality that I've heard people talk about where whoever is least invested has the more power in the relationship. So like whoever's heart is more on the line is at the mercy of the other person in, mm. in the way we date, you know, if I, whoever's more invested is more at risk and they're mm-hmm. uh, kind of more at the mercy of whoever can stay most removed. Mm. And, and it's this really ten, dying, like painful tension in, in dating relationships. And I've seen it time and again. Mm. 
And it, so it's easy to try to be the person who's less invested. The, it's easy to try and be safer, the person. It's sure. much safer. Yeah. Um, and it, and I think I've seen, I mean, I've seen many relationships sort of fall apart around that, around that, well, that potentially could have worked. If both people were just willing to take the risk and, and commit, you know, you see people dating or engaged for, for years and years. It's like, gosh, it's not that hard. It's not that complicated. You know, people can mm. make stuff work, but it requires yeah. that, that mutual willingness to, to risk for oh, yeah. risk one's own well being for the sake of someone else Yeah, and go out of their way and. Mm-hmm. And, and give of themselves. And of course, if you, anyone who's committed to anyone to to the extreme knows that it's going to be costly, oh, it knows yeah. it's going to be painful. Yeah, and I think that that's where I like that they we have the Alan Rickman and the the, the mm-hmm. Harry and, and uh, Karen story, which is you know no, that love's going to be tested. That right. love is going to be uh, you know it's going it, to it, it, presumably he you know th- their love has sort of waned a little bit. Maybe it's because she's spend a lot of time with the kids or you know whatever she's doing things he's at work life. but but they've i guess you could say they kind of have grown apart you know what i mean and right. so um but y- y- it doesn't mean you grow apart and then you get divorced and start again you know it means that you if you're committed and you love that person that you you know i think love is relationships are like seasons you know where you have um, cold winters and you have beautiful, lovely springs and every, it's a constant change. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, um, this, uh, we're, we're happy all the time. You know what I mean? I, I, right. I, I have great, um, uh, doubt about those Facebook marriages that it like, wow, this is the most amazing <laughs> marriage I've ever seen. They're yeah. always happy and the they're always uh, rosy social media. Yeah, right. Outlook. Right. The, the uh-huh. sort of, uh, idealized, uh, relationship is, uh, it's not accurate. I think that relationships are, are messy and they're fraught with, with, uh, anxiety and they're <laughs> fraught Pitfalls with, uh, and, yeah. yeah. But definitely. the idea is that you, I mean, at least for me, it's, you know, is that, yeah, I'm all, I'm all in. When I got married, I I'm, I decided I'm going to get married once. And so, yep. um, if you take divorce away, if you take if you say that divorce is not an option, um, it changes things a little bit or a lot actually, um, because you can't. I mean, people can work through almost anything, really. I, I've people seen that, I, I, I've tough. seen that happen. People who are committed to the other person and committed to a relationship, you can make it through almost anything. Yeah. And and think about how often things that you know think back to the worst parts of your life and and the times when you were the saddest not necessarily in a relationship but in, in your darkest time well you're not in that place anymore right now you know what i mean so we move through as i said like seasons where it's predictable we know what's going that it you know but the, the right. we know what's going to happen there's going to be um pain when winter followed by rebirth spring that will you know things will get better and then they will get worse <laughs> yeah and then they will get better right. and, and, there's and, and an so, eventuality to right, all of it right so if you can embrace that and know that it, dark times do not last forever and also knowing that good times do not last forever as well um if you can get that and wrap your head around that then i think you can get through almost anything yeah, and you know that's a that's a good thing to remember right now during the dark time of the year. Yeah, you know the things are rough in the winter in general, and right, right now with everyone being stuck at home, it's only that much more difficult. And, right. and right. the holidays away from family and not being not yeah. being allowed to travel or not being able to yeah. go see other people. I, this is going to be, I think, a really challenging year for it, a lot. It of people. It will be a challenging year, and 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 I think that. You know, we're pinning a lot of hope on this vaccine, um, but I think that I think that that vaccine is is really more of just a, a this this piece of hope that things will improve. That we've got to believe that it will get better. 
Mm-hmm. Um, no one likes to think that we'll be that this is a permanent way of life, and so it's you know, yeah. so I think that that's where um, I, it's sad for me too to go into this holiday season because I'm thinking about spending time with my loved ones, and I'm including the kind of love that we talked about today, this friendship and stuff too. That you mm-hmm. know, one of the things I love to do, we have a Christmas party. You know, most offices and businesses have a Christmas party, time for me to connect with my coworkers in a way that. I, you know, I never get to see them during the year. If you teach up in science, I don't really see you all that often. And if you're, right. uh, if you're coaching, I don't really know what you're doing. And, and, and it's just such a nice time. And to not have that is, is a little sad, you know, this year. And then to think about, well, I want to come have my family come up and now that's kind of a risk now too. So all those things. You have, know you what? Know, Maybe it's worth the risk. Yeah. Man, you know? Well, it, it, it it's going to be worth it to have my mom come up and see me for Christmas. Right. So we're, we're going to, we're, we're doing Can't that. Make it but, happen uh, anyway. but yeah, it is, it is, it is very much very possibly worth the risk. But I think that, I think that we have to have that hope that things are going uh, to, that, that will get better. And it will. I do believe yeah. that. I do yeah. believe that. I mean, I think that uh, again, I think the vaccine is just sort of a, a tangible, like, piece right. that is like okay well no things are, are easy going to, to cling better. to easy to, to to look for it look yeah look at but we can uh, we'll make it through this one and i think we're going to emerge stronger and if you can make it through this i think you can make it through almost anything if literature has anything to say it's that these these painful difficult moments if you make it through you're better off right yeah you know, that's what the is anti- the anti-fragile fragility right yeah. right so that's the we whole tenet of that again. is you know, so if we take an anti-fragility approach to the COVID epidemic, pandemic, um, w- then we would we can rest assured that we will emerge better and stronger from this, right? Isn't yeah, that, am I right. understanding that's, that's that correctly? It. That's the so, idea. So that's hope in itself, right? Yeah. That, that history is on our side, that through these dark times that we will emerge better, well, right? And, I mean, and in a lot of ways, we're, we're fortunate that this pandemic is as relatively mild as it is. I mean, in terms of in terms of uh, communicable diseases go, it's not a terribly consequential. Like it's it's bad. I'm not saying it's not good. Mm-hmm. It's not it's mild. But but in terms of rapidly spreading diseases, it could be much worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you, one could imagine an HIV type disease that spread the way COVID does, mm-hmm. and that would be catastrophic. Mm-hmm. Um, and and now the things that we've learned as society, the things that we've learned as a scientific community, I, I hope, I hope they've learned, <laughs> not totally convinced, um, that should should enable us to encounter threats like this in the future yeah. more productively yeah. and, and, right. and in better in it and have our a more coordinated response and mm-hmm. and all those sorts of things. So, you know, just as, as one tangible way that it, life could be better yeah. after after it all. And hopefully it's it's a matter of we're more keenly aware of the loved ones that we didn't get to see. And, and mm-hmm. maybe we're a little more thankful for when they can be around. Yeah. And we yeah. can be like those folks there at the airport uh, having their loved ones return to them. Right. At right. The end of this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's going to that's what's going to get us through. That's what's going to get us through that love. Love actually <laughs> love actually does. Love actually can work and yep. help, help get us through these dark times. So thank you for listening. Yeah. Uh, it was enjoyable uh, talking. Merry Christmas or happy holidays, whatever you want to celebrate. Yep. Whatever floats your boat. Yeah. I uh, hope you guys enjoy your season and uh, we'll catch you next time here on Truth and Fiction. Right on.